So this has been adapted into movies. Of course, there was a 1963 movie. There are TV movies all throughout Germany, the Czech Republic, etc. Or I guess Czechoslovakia at the time. It's been done as a movie called Hyenas, which if you want to familiarize yourself with this work, I should have said this at the very beginning, and you don't want to go and check out the play, which is the Joel Agee translation, by the way, you can get it on the internet. You can check out the movie Hyenas from 1992. Just type in Hyenas 1992 into YouTube and you'll find it. And it's a Senegalese movie. That is a very, very straightforward adaptation. Of it the friggin' visit. rules. Um, oh, but did you watch it? I, I sure I didn't did. Get yeah. Watching it, really it's good. So good. <laughs> there, there are some scenes that are almost verbatim from our translation. Yeah, yeah. but it, but it is so distinctly like its own thing. Mm-hmm. Gulen is based on. Yeah, German's hometown, well, it's, not, it's, it's sort of based on Konolfingen a little bit, but it's also based on just towns that he would pass by on the train that had old worn down rail stations that oh. the, the express trains didn't stop so at. So sort it. of just right. like passing through, you see those towns and yeah. you just like imagine what is the fucking deal with this place. Yeah. yeah, and so the thing about hyenas is that there really is this sense of like lived-in familiarity with the mm-hmm. town and there's a love for the town in it, which I think is one of the trickier aspects of this play to capture. That they're not just like these bloodthirsty monsters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this was done um, also as a Hollywood movie with Ingrid Bergman and Anthony Quinn. This is wild. We're both very good actors. It's very well made for about the first 40 minutes. Uh, They changed the ending. That's all I'll say about it. It's not really worth discussing much further. There are at least two musicals based on the visit, one by Kander and Ebb. One is a Swiss-German musical, and guess which one is the bad one? It's the German one, surprisingly. (laughs) And the Kander and Ebb one got its premiere on Broadway finally in, God, when was it? 2015. And I saw it with the original cast, and it was uh, beautiful. It was even done as an episode of Rawhide. Just two final things on Durnmont. Durnmont. Durnmont himself was up for the Nobel Prize six times. Holy shit. Also, a year before he died, in 1989, he found out that the Swiss secret police had surveilled him for 50 years for his political dissidents. Wow. Oh my God. This was at the same time these papers were coming out here at the tail end of the Cold War, and they found out that 5% of all Swiss citizens had files on them. Phones being tapped, uh, hospital records being... Uh, I'm stored. I'm assuming they were surveilling suspected communists, right? Yes. Yeah. Switzerland prided itself on its neutrality, right? right? For centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in World War II, that was no different. We are neutral. We are not engaging in this war. We're ready for it. We're training all of our soldiers. We have all of our bridges rigged to explode. They're still rigged to explode to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're we're neutral. Durenmott and actually uh, Max Frisch, another famous writer from this era who wrote the play The Arsonists, which if anyone ever watches Philosophy Tube videos on YouTube, she references that play quite a lot with her arsonist character. Mm -hmm. Durenmott was uh, very critical of Switzerland, as you can tell from the spying. Uh, He and Frisch (laughs) were two of the first people to say, I'm pretty sure we weren't neutral in this. Just given the whole existence of our banking establishment. I was going to say, yep, yeah. Yep, there's a lot of Nazi gold. But that gold. didn't come out officially until mid or late 50s. Okay. And they were totally vindicated. And Switzerland felt a certain amount of guilt for that. And so they wanted to be like, no, this time around, as the Cold War goes on, we're going to be proactive. We're going to be the saviors of the world. We're going to destroy communism. Right. I think it's so funny that Duramont was being surveilled for 50 years 
and still he couldn't write a poem incendiary enough to get his throat <laughs> in jail. That's insane. Come on, oh, man. You know that that like that was probably the last thing he was thinking of before he died. He was yeah. like, I never got a poem to That's, get. That was in like jail. on his bucket list. That was the one thing. <laughs> I think it's interesting too the context of this, right? Because Switzerland, with its purported neutrality. Yeah. That has always been such a cornerstone of what the country is and yeah. how it sees itself, its own national identity. And there are questions of national identity, I think, that are wrapped up in this play mm -hmm. as well. It is inherently political. And I think that as we start talking more and more about that, we're going to sort of see how some of these things come to the fore. Because yeah. at the beginning of this play, we of course start with Guys who are train spotting. We love yep. trains, don't we, folks? We have <laughs> Vladimir yeah. and awesome Estragon hearing. and Estragon and then Estragon <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Uh, as you can see, Samuel Beckett's influence is very present after waiting for Godot's opening in what, 1952? I would argue yeah, annoyingly yeah. so with these guys. <laughs> yeah, with these. There's also just a baby crawling on the roof that's staring down at them as they do heroin. This is uh, this is not happening in the play. AJ's making a train spotting joke. Right, I'm going down there. We're going to get some heroin. Be funny. <laughs> so we have these four guys. Yeah, they're watching the trains go by and they're mentioning every time an express train passes that used to stop there. Right. Yes. Which is very poignant for me as someone who grew up in a Route 66 town. Oh, um, sure, sure. Which that'd was be, that'd which be a good adaptation. Which before that yeah. was a rail town. So the name of this town is Gullen which is a very strange regional Swiss-German word. It's, it's something in, in Dernmatt's dialect, which is very different from Swiss. Which is, which is very different from High German, I mean. Gullen means liquid shit. Broadway is back. <laughs> so, you <laughs> have, yeah, so you have these four basically vagrants watching the train because they don't have jobs anymore. No one has jobs. Everything, like the trash is piling up. No one's doing anything anymore. So they just watch and see how great this town used to be and reminisce on the old days. There used to be hope cash, things of that nature. And you and you start getting like a real good sense for Dermont's rhythms too of dialogue here. Yeah. Like you there's like a there's like a subdued like panic to everything yeah. in the, in this dialogue at the beginning. Like there's already tension being built. And um, so what they're waiting on then is the arrival of Claire Zachnassian, yeah. who we learn is somebody who grew up in the town uh, you know, they still have fond memories of her when she was a, a, a teen. Yeah, those who remember her at all. They're right. like, oh yeah, she she had red hair, right? Yeah. Right. She stole potatoes that um, one time. Her her name was her maiden name was Clara Vesha. And uh, she married a, a, an Armenian oil magnate named Zakanassian. So this name, Zakanassian, is based on three people. Basil Zaharov, who was a Greek arms dealer. Uh, in World War One, he sold arms to all sides of the conflict. Okay, it's kind of like Mother Courage again, yes. right? It's like the... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In his day, he was the richest man in the world. Okay. And he had passed away in the 30s. The Elon Musk of his time. <laughs> yes. Honestly, though. So that's where the Zach comes from. The Nas comes from Aristotle Onassis. Oh, interesting. We all know. Jackie O. Yep. Uh, he was a shipping magnate. He owned the largest private fleet in the world. The, the Larry Ellison of his time. Yeah. The Maybe. third name is Kalust Golbenkian, who was an Armenian oil magnate. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, he, he's the guy who basically connected the West to Middle Eastern oil and okay. specifically Iraqi oil. So these are all. Good thing that never yeah. came to anything. <laughs> these are all the, uh, the, the Europe's richest people, right? Here it would be like named for J.P. Morgan and whoever else. But of course, Aristotle Onassis was a well-known name in the United States. Um, so Zakanassian is a billionaire. She mm -hmm. has married a long string of husbands who, unlike in the Candardem musical, they don't die. She just divorces them. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll get back to her in a minute. As we're looking at the town, everyone's getting ready for her to arrive. 
She's yeah. the, the next train that stops in the town is going to be this evening. So they're looking at like what they still have. They don't have the school bell anymore, so they're going to ring the fire bell when yep. she gets into town. I, 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 everything about this, choir, yeah. Everything about this scene is very funny because, like, it's it, it's very reminiscent of like Arrested Development to me mm-hmm. because uh-huh, they're uh-huh. all just like scrambling to try to put something together, and it's like the the sign what's from Arrested Development, <laughs> save the, our blues, save our blues, that kind of thing. Yeah, where yeah. they're just like save save our going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. So right, the sign painter writes Sog. welcome Clary, right, which is like a, a diminutive name. They're like, yeah. no, it's dignified. She's a billionaireess. So write welcome Claire Sakanasian. So you can imagine he does not have the fucking space left on that sign <laughs> to really finish right. that. So he has to flip it over right <laughs> yeah. on the back. It's a good bit. Check out Banner Michael. Yeah, look at Banner Michael. It really is. It's it's, it's one of those moments. And, and it's and it's also like this is the plot of the Merry Widow. And uh Claire shows up. Yeah. Uh she ends up doing so by pulling the emergency yes. brake on her express yeah. train. Everyone's yeah. still just like, okay, we're gonna get the choir. We have to work on the dinner it's arrangements. Like the next local train and is right. here until and later. There's just a screeching stop. Yeah. And the train spotters are like, what the f-? they're like they were just talking about how like the Jews stole all the town's money, and then they're yeah. like, Well, they hold were, on. Yeah, or they're like they they all have different opinions on what yeah, the is going on. The Freemasons international, international communism. communism. <laughs> Yep. yep. In Switzerland. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 it can't be overstated. Just what a shit town Golan is at this point. Like yeah. it is, they are completely liquid. out of money. Yeah. Well, uh, it's not liquid. Everything no. is being repossessed by the government. Yeah. There's Claire a bailiff. Is like their who, last chance. There's a bailiff who comes in and he's like, we're going to ha- start repossessing stuff. It's like, go ahead. There's right. nothing there's left. Nothing left. We just sold the typewriter. That's all that's left of city hall. I mean, the Americans took our museum. <laughs> right. For, for me, like, you know, I've traveled a lot for work and Sometimes I would drive through towns that would be yeah. just like this, where yeah. clearly there was something there once, something much larger, but the local economy has imploded for one reason or another. And yeah. so all that's left is just a couple things. Maybe there's like a bowling alley. Maybe there's like a restaurant. And that's it. So this train screeches to a halt, which is a big deal, especially in Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. And so where the Claire, trains run on time. So this old lady comes off of the train. She's like, am I going like the engineer is running after her. He's like, you can't stop the train. She's like, yes, I can. I just used the emergency brake. He's like, you can't do that. She's like, what if it's an emergency? Especially then. Yeah. <laughs> She's arrived and no one is ready. So everyone scrambles and runs into each other and they hang the banner upside down and all that shit. Yep. They have to run to get the choir in yes. to sing her praises. <laughs> I'm picturing the choir from uh, Donnie Darko. So so then the mayor uh, improvises this little like, oh, welcome. We love to have you. And he's drowned out by the train leaving. Right. And which has an amazing punchline of he's like, welcome, Claire. And he gives an entire speech over. <laughs> and then Claire just pauses and goes, that was a beautiful speech. Mayor. <laughs> She also, in order to get the train guy off her back, she just hands him like 5,000. Right. Uh, they don't ever actually say a unit of currency, which is really smart. She's like, give yeah. him 2,000, Bobby. Her butler is named Bobby. She named him. Bobby the butler. And she gives him another 2,000 to like start a Railway Widows Relief Fund. And it's like, there is, it, well, yeah, it's like this goes yes. to the Railway Widows Relief Fund charity. And it's like, there is no charity. Okay, well, okay, then make we'll one. Then. I just gave you just. <laughs> I also took that as a threat that if you don't start it, I will murder you. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's make the, your wife a widow. That's the other thing that's really important to note, too, is that um, mm. Claire is already when she arrives yeah. starting to act a bit odd. She's saying some odd stuff. She's talking about like the death penalty. She's asking the doctor how he prepares yeah. his she's, death certificate. Every time yeah. she's like, oh, hello, doctor. 
you'd give us death certificates? Like, yeah. She says to him, she's like, next time you do it, say it's a heart attack. Right. She's being very off-putting. And this is going to play out, pay off later on too. Like, And so yeah. she meets Alfred. Now, earlier on, this guy, Alfred, he's the local shopkeeper. Alfred Ill. The last name being the English word ill. People love Alfred. Alfred's they, in line to yeah. be the next mayor of I the mean, town. I mean, the thing is, when you own the one shop in town, you're a very important person. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. We get to, like, lines of credit a little bit later in this play, but I'm sure he's, like, you know, looked the other way sometimes. Absolutely. You know, if someone owed him something, he he get, you know, fines, whatever. You'll pay me the first of the I'm month the local when you shop, get, like, your unemployment which check. Which also means he's the richest person in town, right? He's the only person really scraping by. Um, and even then, he's dirt poor. And he had a relationship with Claire when they were younger. And uh, the, the, there's a little conversation that comes up before she gets there where they're like, well, what, what happened to this relationship? Because obviously you... You married the daughter of the shopkeeper and inherited the shop. Uh, so he says to them, well, we were the best of friends, <laughs> young and impetuous. After all, gentlemen, I was a young fellow 45 years ago. And she, oh. Clara, oh, I can still see her shining through the dark on her way to meet me in Peterson's barn or walking barefoot on moss and leaves through the woods of Conradsville with her red hair streaming behind her, slender, supple, delicate. What a ravishing little witch. Yeah. It was life that separated us. Nothing but life. That's how it goes. By the way, that's not true. Just, yeah, just, just, just bullshit. He's lying. entire bullshit. Um, but this makes him the great white hope. Right. Because he's the guy who can maybe seduce her again and convince her to give the town right. money. And so the town, the needed. town immediately then throws their entire support behind him. They're yeah. like, you're our guy. Fucking make it happen. Like, you honestly, their highest hopes are like, a few hundred thousand. Oh yeah, like but yeah. they need millions at this point if they ever want to see the light of day. Well, they want to restart the factories too. Right, like right. this was an old uh, processing town. It was I mean, a deindustrialized. Yeah, so they had you know they had like a forge. They had the Wagner Works. They right. you know they, yeah yeah they were they were making things. They had factories and 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 raw materials. Yeah, just to get them back to the glory days, basically. Yeah. Uh, so they meet, and Claire, of course, immediately recognizes him right. once more. Yeah. They're like, oh fuck, we've got this in the bag. He even like goes does the side. We I've got it in the bag. They're and calling she, each other their old nicknames. Yeah, they're old nicknames. And she calls him her Black Panther. And he calls her my little wildcat. And it's like very they're in public and yeah, everyone's it's like it's just yeah. gross. You know, he's a married His wife's man. right there. <laughs> they're, like, they're both old and decrepit. Yeah. Uh, and then we find out that she's like missing a leg because she got into a car accident. She has this like yeah. golden leg. She she looks like fucking Adam Jensen in Deus Ex. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> yeah. And she comes on with husband number what six, and she she loves him because he he thinks really hard, and it makes him look like a demon. Oh, I thought he was seven. Is he seven? I think he's seven because it's seven, eight, nine. Yeah, it ends with nine. There's that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So she's with husband seven. Um, they're about to get a divorce. Uh, he's there to go fishing. That's fine. You know, it, it, the thing is like husbands are temporary. Butlers are forever. Right. So she yes. renames all of her husbands to go with the butler and yeah. she has two Moby bodyguards, yes. uh, Kobe and Loby, mm -hmm. who she got from Sing Sing. These guys in German productions are always depicted with cowboy hats. They always put cowboy hats on them because Germans think of cowboys when they think of America. That's all oh, they have. absolutely. Even though they're from Sing Sing. Yeah, so do the fucking uh, Icelanders. And I know that because their fucking act at Eurovision this year was them done up like the Dixie Chicks. It was terrible. <laughs> 
Yeah, a lot of cowboy hats at Eurovision this year. They should have oh, sent boy. in another fucking synth pop group like last year. So much better. Anyway, we're not um, talking about Eurovision. Yes. We're talking about the visit. Uh, also, then the teacher gets the choir up there and they sing and another train passes by. So you don't hear them either. <laughs> and Claire's like, well, you know, that baritone with the large Adam's apple was very good. Um, mm-hmm. She's very charming. Right. Like she's yeah. saying off putting things every now and then. But she's absolutely playing the game right now and being very yeah. sweet. Of course, she can also say and do whatever they want. And everyone's going to laugh because... She has three billion whatevers. Yeah. Well, and this is also why in the Broadway production, Cheetah Rivera was so fucking well cast. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, she is always absolutely radiant, but yeah. also a little bit scary. Yeah. And so she's like, everyone's glamorous aunt that you don't ask too many questions about. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, her husband is Moby, uh, this current husband. He's uh, a, the, the, the DJ. Yes. And then, so they, yeah, they leave for the forest and then we, we see three weird pieces of luggage. One being a giant black coffin. Mm-hmm. Another being a cage mm-hmm. that contains a black panther. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other luggage being these two strange blind men with high pitched voices. Yep. Holding hands and skipping across the stage. Saying everything in unison. Yeah, they're like, this place smells like cured meats or something. Like or more like Unixon. You know? hey, what? What? Don't worry about it. Hmm. Don't worry about it. Hmm. Uh, oh, they're Kobe and Loby. Roby and Toby are the gangsters. Sorry, it doesn't matter. It doesn't they matter. They all have rhyming yeah. names to go with the butler. So then we go, we go to the woods. The woods of Conrad's Vile. Yeah. Where uh, Ill and Claire are used to fuck. When they, they used were, to fuck in the well, woods. I was going to say, when they were teenagers, she was a teenager and uh, Ill was not. He was, he was 20. He was 20 years old. This scene is really interesting because the way that it's framed up makes it feel like, oh, she really is just back because she likes him still. Yeah. And yeah, she wants to like. It's depicted in this very um, fantastical, surrealist yeah. way. The, yeah. the three, the four beggars become trees in the woods and, now and a woodpecker trees. and cuckoos. Yeah. Um, it's very the Fantastics, like with <laughs> oh yes. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like ooh, but are they gonna get back together? Like, did she set this whole thing up right. to steal him from his but there's, wife? There's still this like, even though on on the one hand you're sort of thinking that might be the case, there's this really weird, there's, uncomfortable yeah. undercurrent to it. Yeah, yeah there's like a panic. why is there a coffin? Why is there a panther? Why are they the, there are these two like fucking mobsters here? What the fuck does this lady want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like there's something <laughs> happening here. Why did she come back to this shit? Cause she wasn't anybody. Her dad was an architect right. who yeah. built one thing in his life and died of syphilis in a madhouse. Right. She yeah. married he into this well public toilet by the train platform. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she said as a kid, she used to sit on the roof and spit on the people as they went in. Only the men though. And other than Alfred, people don't really, like you said, people don't really remember her to the extent no. that they remember her. It's just that she was, a girl who was around sometimes. Yeah, she had red hair. They don't even remember, they don't even say anything like lecherous about her. It's not like, oh no. yeah, she was, she, she was clear. No, it's, no. it's just like, yeah, yeah you know. knew her, right, Alfred? Right. It's just like, that's it. We have this little moment also in the Golden Apostle while this is happening, which is the name of their hotel, which has seen better days. But the one thing important about it is that apparently Goethe slept there once. Uh-huh. That's yeah. how important the town is. Good to slept here once. It is kind of like the equivalent in uh if it were an American adaptation would probably be like George Washington slept here. Yeah. Right? Like it would be that kind well, of thing. In you know in Gallup yeah. there's a house that Eisenhower owned for a little while. So it's like that's the that's the house that Eisenhower owned. Right. Ooh. <laughs> you know. Claire and Ill they go over some memory and you know some of these are painful memories cuz she's like 
Yeah. And then you married Matilda Bloomhart right. so that you could inherit the Bloomhart general store. He's like, yeah. yeah, but I, I mean, I did that for you really. It's like, don't be a jackass. And again, yeah. they're still married. He is still married, still married to married. Matilda. He has, and, he's two children, right? And two he, adult children. And he's like, look, I'm poor as shit. And now yeah. you're a billionaire ass. So yeah, clearly look at, look I did you a favor. Out. Yeah. yeah. Like you had the world ahead of you. Obviously you gained it. And yeah. I'm a bitter, miserable old man. But you know, I remember you're exactly the same, the same cool hand. She's like, yeah, that's ivory. Yeah. <laughs> she yep. also lost her hand in a plane crash in Afghanistan. She was the only survivor and she clawed her way back to civilization. She is a force. Like that's, I mean, it's such an image, right? Cause she, yeah. yeah, she's glamorous and she's a billionaire, but she also cannot die. So many possible worlds. All right, that's it for this one. This is a premium episode, so if you want to listen to the whole thing, you got to head on over to patreon.com slash worst of all. That's patreon.com slash W-O-R-S-T of all. Yeah. We've managed to do this for a year now, and if you jump on in, you'll manage to keep us going for maybe another year or longer. Plus, you get access to this big backlog of episodes that we have, including our much coveted episodes about adventures in odyssey they're very funny they're very good and once you sign up you can just search for them using the hashtag wits endless summer uh, or podcast or whatever you need to sift through the different posts it's all very good we hope to see you there see you next week <laughs> <laughs>